many things that are wrong with that, Diane. Should not be allowed. There ought to be a law. That's the thing. Now I'm feeling. <laughs> it's 7.51 a.m. Saturday, March the 30th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. <laughs> Do, Sorry, what uh, what sorry, happened to that? I wussed out on the... You did wuss out. <laughs> on the, uh, on the, uh, because I started to crack up. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all right if you start to crack up. Yeah, I suppose I can... I if suppose you start we to can let sob, that sob, then No, that a... would be bad. The <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, that would be bad. I don't want to do that. We got the candles lit. It's Saturday morning and here in the treehouse and it's, you know, it's springtime in the Rockies and other places too. Yeah, we even have the blinds open. The blinds because, are open. Oh my. Because we've had to have the blinds closed just to keep the warmth in for a long time. It's true. It's true, Diane. And yet here we are. Springtime. The display window is open. Feel free to browse. About the place. The cherry blossoms at the U? Or cherry blossoms. There's, blossomed? There's blossoms blossoming right here in our... Uh, yeah. Here at the, uh, All those R's aren't cherry. I think that they're flowering plum. You think that they're flowering plum? Yeah, because the cherries, uh, they're a whiter yes. blossom. These are more purpley looking. Yeah. They're a little violet kind of, yeah. kind of a plum color. Or what you'd think of is the blossom of a plum. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way early. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Talking about blossoms. It has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine in many ways. Ah, ham and eggs. Uh, over to you, Diane. <laughs> As usual. Wow, that well, was Well, no, I mean, because, fast. well, I mean, I, I just wanted, we should, you should just, we should take care of this, this, uh, we did a lot of foreshadowing last, on last week's show about the, uh, the doula training that you were going to be doing yeah. last weekend, and so we should we should have a report. Well, the on that. the report is it's hard to pull it all together in one little pithy paragraph. Yes, uh, but the first thing is that it was held in this beautiful, magical uh, environment yeah. that. Uh, somebody had taken great care to decorate their massage. Uh, it's a massage studio uh-huh. in a very magical way. And it really imbued the experience with that artistic approach because the the walls, every the shelves, every place was just full of eye candy. And um, cool. as somebody who's of that nature myself... You? Yes. You 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 think to think of yourself as someone like that? <laughs> yeah. However, my my talents in that area were uh, were not to the level of the the woman who ah. had the studio. She's ah. well, it's just different. But it was absolutely a gorgeous place to come into. I mean, I find, and that's why I like to have the house be the way that it is, is because it it sets a tone yeah. uh, for experience. And that's why I always feel like it's important to have your surroundings be something that will help others understand the experience they're going to have in your place. Got it. But uh, the first day was 
totally enchanting for me. Um, there were six students. There were supposed to be eight, but there was a little bit of a kerfuffle with the student list, and one person didn't show up. So the the student list had one person had been on it twice, and and then one student never arrived, which was wonderful for me because it was just six people. Uh, with this very intense information and conversations, uh, I think it would have been harder with two more people in the mix. Right. It gave people a little bit more time to develop their stories rather than having to just, you know, like, next, 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 down the road. The first day was really enchanting because we did a lot of exercises to help you understand how we listen, and how much your facial expressions or how you um, are presenting yourself affects the listener. By doing that, we had a lot of times where we were just staring into someone's eyes uh, with a fairly impassive face, and it was, it's quite... I've had that experience before of just looking at somebody for three minutes, which was the time. And it really brings you this feeling of love for this person you don't know. It's very, it's a very interesting exercise. So we were doing a lot of things like that. We were learning a lot about uh, the stages of grief and all of that, which was my area the reason why i'm going into this is because of that because uh i feel like people need help through that time but the second day was mostly about the body the dead body because a lot of the death doula practice which i did not know going in is helping people prepare for vigils and having vigils in their homes or wakes you know And so a lot of it was about how a body decomposes and, you know, the timing of it and all that. And as I was listening to it, I just, I was really getting this notion in my head that this was not my path. So the the first day I was really excited and it was because it was covering the, the information that I want to cover, which was more towards the family. And indeed, she said that the whole, she said when you're a birth doula, that your focus is 70% on the mother and 30% on the surrounding family. But with a death doula, it's 70% the family and 30% the, the person who's dying. And that was what was really exciting me at the time. I thought, yes, that's where I want to focus my attention. Right. Um, is on the the family members who have no way of having a path through because, as you know, I've, I've talked about it often, that was the time that I thought I'm ripe for a nervous breakdown. You know, that's the only time when... Oh, when you were going through this? When I was going through the process myself of my mom going into her decline and her eventual death. There's just so much going on and it's too much for people to handle. So anyway, the the members of my class were wonderful. They were all young and that uh, 
was an interesting dynamic for me as an older person. I think the teacher might have even been, I want to place her in her 40s, you know. And so I don't know that any of these people, well, I know that the, the other students had not lost their parents. I don't know about the teacher, but um, it's very different when you lose, uh, when your parents die, you know. Mm-hmm than it is when uh, grandparents die or whatever. It's a life-changing experience for people. And uh, so I don't know whether they've gone through that life-changing process yet. And that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be able to comfort and, and assist people, but I just think that that... It created a gap. It, it created a gap yeah. between me and the the people as far as what was being shared because I mean just as an example one of the the students was asking about isn't it bad to have somebody drugged out on morphine in their final days I mean isn't that bad for the person's spirit as they're dying and I was thinking man when you're watching that process you want the person to be comfortable and that is all you want you don't want this person to be in horrific excruciating pain while they're passing from this world, you know. So it's just interesting because you have witnessed enough uh, in your own life that you have pretty firm ideas about what's going on. So that's pretty much it. I mean, I, the, the main thing that it taught me, because I was pretty resolved on Sunday, yeah, this is not my path, you know. And uh, so on Monday, I started thinking, well, I really know what I want to do. I just need to find the way to do it. And so, and I I felt that the death doula training was absolutely wonderful. I, I learned so much. It just, and I also learned that that was not the way I wanted to get at what my path will be. And I started looking online about, uh, because one of the authors that really helped me and, uh, and my mother when she was in, in her caregiving situation, I mean, when she was uh, being cared for, was a book called Counting on Kindness by Wendy Lesbader. And there were other books that she wrote, too, that helped me through that. But that particular book... Uh, really helped my mom. She said she read it five times. Hmm. And it's basically just talking about how difficult it is to be dependent after living an independent life. And it's not even really giving you any tips on how to manage it. It just is saying, yeah, it's hard. (laughs) And I think it's, it's both for the parent to realize they are not alone in that feeling and the children, I I mean, I'm talking in the case for me that it was parent and child, and for the child, the adult child, to know how difficult it is for their parent to be in that situation. So it helped me a great deal to understand the issues that my mother was going through. Hmm. Wendy Lesbader is actually a local author, and she is a social worker, but she also teaches courses at the University of Washington as an affiliate professor. 
And so I thought, I'm going to see whether I could take some courses by her because she actually is there, my stomping grounds, and I have the ability to take free classes at this point, as we all do after, I can't remember, 63 or something like that, that we could take free classes at different colleges. And in the process of looking uh, for courses that she might have taught, I found a certificate program in gerontology. And I looked at it, and it is exactly up the alley that I want to go. Hmm. And I'm so excited because I've got a plan now and, and uh, a way to enter the profession that I would like to enter after I retire. Cool. It's interesting to watch how those kind of things work out for you. <laughs> kind of nice. Kind of nice. Well, I had a great week. I got uh, I got gifted two uh, CDs this week. One by my friend Steve Norris, who's working on putting together an album of songs, and I absolutely love it. And uh, Judy Kaplan also gave me a recording that I have not had a time to delve into yet, but uh, it's from back in the early '80s when she was singing with this other woman. And uh, so I was gifted with a couple of gifts of music this week and enjoyed the open mic at Grumpy D's on Wednesday night. It was pretty packed out, uh, full of friends and stuff like that. So that was fun. And uh, going to play out on Vashon tomorrow evening in Carter Castle. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Because as everyone knows, we love to go out to Vashon. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an unpleasant environment out there, you know. I want to go out there and have the lunch before you. You do, eh? I do. I see. Well, we may have to try and make that happen then. It's good. Lunch on Vashon. Food tastes different out there. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. You notice that? (laughs) You boy. Food. Food is different. It's good coffee. But anyway, that's going to be fun. I haven't played on Vashon since the 90s, I don't think. Sound foods. Some foods, man. Yeah. I remember that place. Yep. Yep, that's right. Way back there in the, <laughs> in the old days. When we would, <laughs> you used to have to row out there, you know, or swim <laughs> one or the other. And that uh, styrofoam guitar case I used to drag along behind me. My water wings and flippers. <laughs> yeah, my scuba gear. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway. Life is groovy. Life is groovy. And uh, I found, I was listening to uh, Fresh Air this last week. I listened to Fresh Air, podcasts of Fresh Air. And I heard uh, a review for an album that I really like. And uh, it is by Carsey Blanton. And the album is called Buck Up. And it is just delightful. And it's nice because I, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for, like, new music, you know. I mean, music by people younger than me. Because I don't want to be, you know, just an old codger. Although I have a sinking suspicion that I am one, regardless. But it's nice when something kind of breaks through and grabs my attention. So I I listen to the whole album, and, man, it's just really good. And she's done... Several. She's a singer-songwriter, I think originally from New Jersey, who lives in New Orleans now. She's done four or five records, and she just has a really, uh, 
a unique kind of stuff. Kind of reminds me of my friend Amy Reed a little bit, and, but she's just got a unique perspective, and uh, I really like her music. And so I'm delighted to be able to share uh, some music that's a new discovery this week. Was there anything else you wanted to say? I don't think so. Yeah? No. 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 We're driving down to Tacoma today. We're driving down. We're taking my mom home. She's been up visiting her friend Olive, and we're going to go pick her up and take her back down to Tacoma. So that'll be nice. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much what's happening, people. What's happening with you guys? You guys never talk. You know? <laughs> we always have to carry the whole conversation ourselves. Anyway, Carsey Blanton will play the title tune, which is called "Buck Up," which I find absolutely delightful. As do I. In this in this particular point in history, and then another one which is called uh, Harbor. Harbor, yeah, which is a sweet love song. Carsey Blanton.
It isn't safe out here It's perfectly clear I should have known it was a big mistake I could have stayed at home Not answered the phone And never given you my heart to break But lovers run to ruin Soldiers run to war Ships are safe in harbor But it ain't what ships are for Hearts are made for breaking You were made for me So riding down the hatches, honey We'll sail away to sea We had a lot to learn The courage to burn We were the cutest little fools in town I was an awful mess But you were the best And I was trying not to let you down Lovers run to ruin, soldiers run to war, ships are safe in harbor, but that ain't what ships are for. Love is for the making, and you were made for me, so batten down the hatches, honey. Stars come out The darkest of doubts There's nothing to the joy Of their light It isn't safe out there And you're getting scared And honey, you got every right to be But the time is now So steady the prow And go ahead into the mystery Lovers run to ruin, and soldiers run to war. Ships are safe in harbor, but it ain't what ships are for. Hearts are made for breaking.